0: You know, when we think back to like the original problems that we solve, convenience is what we want to compete on, right? We want to compete on the basis of making it really easy and a positive, beautiful experience for the shopper to make that return. And so what we think will move the needle the most in terms of offering more convenience is opening up more partner locations. You know, when you think about it from like a a business strategy standpoint, that's really different. You know, that's like a, a very powerful moat around this business because... It's hard to find 5,000 partners. You know, we hope that it's multiples of that even within the next 6 to 12 months.
1: You're listening to E-commerce Fast Lane, the podcast show to help you build, manage, grow, and scale a successful and thriving company, powered by Shopify. Listen to real conversations with partners and subject matter experts as they share proven practical strategies, platforms, and the best Shopify apps to help you accelerate your business. The time is now for you to improve efficiencies, grow revenue, profit, and lifetime customer loyalty. Please welcome your host,
0: startup founder and strategic advisor, Steve Hutt.
1: Before today's episode, I have a question for you. How many marketing experiments have you done in the last four weeks? How about in the last year? Now look, if you're doing seven or eight figures in revenue on your website or more, and you're not doing conversion optimization, you're leaving a ton of cash on the table you won't scale to the next level and you're going to get your lunch eaten by the competition over the next 12 months now our sponsor conversion fanatics runs thousands I mean that thousands of experiments each year for clients like Clorox Burt's Bees NBC Sports we have a whole list here Golf Channel HarperCollins, ClickFunnels I can rattle off a ton there's an incredible amount of brands including Shopify brands that they run these experiments on. And what Conversion Fanatics does is that optimizes your Shopify store so you can get a lot more customers, scale up your traffic much faster, and see a lot more profit fall into your bottom line. And they make it easy and they handle everything. So go to conversionfanatics.com for a free site proposal today and tell them e-commerce fast lane sent you, because traffic without maximizing conversions, in my opinion, is sad. Hey there, it's Steve Hutt, Senior Merchant Success Manager here at Shopify, and welcome back to season five of e commerce Fastlane. If this is your first time listening or your weekly subscriber, I seriously appreciate the fact that you're here today and listening to the show. I know there's plenty of podcast choices out there on e commerce and direct to consumer marketing, and just the fact that you're here today means the world to me, and I know it does for my featured guest. If this is your first time listening, This is an e-commerce show where we have honest and transparent conversations about building and thriving with your store powered by Shopify or Shopify Plus. Now if you're an ambitious lifelong learner, which you likely are, since you're here today, you're definitely in the right place. New episodes are available twice weekly and are available from your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're also now streaming on Amazon Music and on YouTube, so go check them out there. I also highly recommend to get the full value of today's episode that you click through from your podcast app to the show notes at eCommerce Fastlane, and there you will find the full show transcript, all the links, and all the resources that are mentioned today. Now, in today's episode, my guest is Mike Schwartz, who's the director of sales from a company called Happy Returns recently acquired by PayPal. And they are a returns and reverse logistics provider that help Shopify brands to automate returns, save money, retain revenue, which is important. And they also help save the planet, which we'll talk about their return bars and how things work with them and all keeping the online shopper happy. So that's the most important part. Let's jump in and learn more about how you can improve your post-purchase experience through returns and an amazing exchange experience. So hi, Mike, welcome to e-commerce Fastlane. Hey, Steve, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure now we had happy returns on about a year and a half ago this was a uh, pre-acquisition and really we told a little bit of the story around just happy returns in general but i just sometimes today these episodes get kind of buried in the catalog we're up to 250 ish episodes now so i wanted to have you on today to kind of maybe talk about this happy return story and stuff like that so let's talk maybe in a high level first about the platform itself and its tight connection with
0: shopify and the sort of problems you're solving we can all agree the returns are the most painful frustrating experience of buying stuff online and probably selling it online too. So imagine if you could take the part with the most friction and actually turn it into a beautiful experience for shoppers and for the retailers the merchants you know the folks that are listening on your end and the planet sort of the guiding vision and the mission of the business is to just remove friction for the shopper, for the retailer, for the planet. And you know that means different things for each one of those different stakeholders. So if I could just walk through those really quickly, give a sense of sort of the problems that we, we see as really common. So for shoppers, we really, really don't want to have to print a label. You know, like, I can't really tell you the last time my printer reliably worked (laughs) at my house, Yeah, you know, we really, really want our money back as fast as possible. You know, the reason why I won't buy a size 10 and a half on Nike is because like, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get my money back, you know, from Nike because maybe I'm a size 11 and I really don't want to have to deal with customer support when I want to make an exchange, you know, like. These are all automatable problems. And I think that for a shopper, if you can do the opposite of all that stuff, if you can not have to print a label and, and get your money back right away and make a really easy exchange, I think that is a beautiful experience. And so when you look at it from a retailer's standpoint, you know, what is a beautiful return? It's one that like doesn't even happen at all <laughs> because retailers don't want to deal with returns don't want to have to deal with the shipping don't have to deal with the customer support implications of it and so hopefully it's one that just turns into an exchange and think about the best in-person shopping experience you've had you know either for the retailer or the shopper you know you come in with one thing you want to return and you walk out with something just as good or if not better you know maybe spend even a little bit more money there because the experience was just right and so that's what we think would be beautiful for the retailer That all said, it's very expensive to manage returns and it's very expensive to actually give a consumer a great return experience online. So we think that it would be truly beautiful if you could cut down the costs, especially with what's going on with supply chain right now, right? Not just with even shipping, but also like the material costs and the labor costs of managing that process. And so finally, returns are very materially intensive. You have to literally repack something in a box or a bag. And they're also intensive from an emission standpoint. So think about, say, 20% of all of your outbound orders coming back in and requiring a trip with a diesel-powered truck to come back to a distribution center and the distribution center back to your warehouse. If you could cut those two steps out, for the most part, we think that a beautiful return for the planet would be aggregated shipping that significantly reduces the need for materials to repack goods and then to also ship them back to the warehouse. So at a high level, that's kind of the vision. You know, we really want to make this a beautiful experience for all those stakeholders that are involved. And so what we actually do, you know, so the listeners might be thinking like, well, that all sounds great, but like, what is it that you do? So first, I think it's important to mention that Happy Returns is a Shopify plus certified app partner. You can download the Happy Returns portal product for free in the Shopify app store. We used to charge $500 bucks a month for it, and as a result of joining PayPal, we wanted to make a promotion that that allowed folks that use PayPal checkout to use the app for free. So it's a great product. Everybody should go check it out. There's some great brands on Shopify that use it. So for example, Gymshark and Rothy's and Steve Madden and Mac Weldon, there's quite a long list. There's several hundred of them that are using it, both large merchants but also small ones majority of our customers are actually small business and so it it is one the app itself is one of three products that happy returns has built and you know the three products we're really proud of as they sort of fulfill that mission of you know making returns beautiful so as we think about a portal not like we invented fire or anything but it is a great user experience for the shopper where they can go through look up their order they don't have to deal with customer support. They just enter in their order number and their zip code, locates you know their history, and it allows them to either make what we call a one-click exchange. So something that we're proud of is that we have an intelligent capability to actually check inventory and see some pattern. And, you know, most consumers that bought this size 11 actually should have bought a size 10 and a half. When will you ever learn that like Nike, you can't remember what size shoe you're supposed to buy. So there's some intelligence there and it's actually really, really convenient for the shopper. Roughly 70% of all exchanges are for a different size or color of the same SKU. That's a fantastic experience. And so when you're done with either make the return for an exchange or store credit or for just your money back, we present these three different options or you know as many options actually as the brand wants, but... We have our second product, which is the first option, which is what we call the return bar network. So this is a really, really cool idea. This is actually the reason why I joined Happy Returns is because I, I felt like this is such an original business model. But basically, they partner with third parties who have unutilized space in their stores. Think about like FedEx Office or Cost Plus World Market or Ulta or paper source the list kind of goes on on. have about 5,000 locations nationally. And they're trained in each store to actually receive goods. So imagine if I'm, you know, Mike's taking in his size 10 and a half shoes or size 11. I have a QR code that was given to me at the end of the happy returns portal experience. I don't have to print a label. I don't have to put my stuff into a box. I don't have to find the widest packing tape in my closet somewhere that like my daughter has attached to the back of my car. All I have to do is just have the goods in hand, walk into the store, show the QR code. When I get to the desk, the person behind the desk scans the QR code on their computer. They actually see an image of what those goods look like. And they essentially check them in. Imagine if you're going to an store or something, check something in. Boom, you get your refund back as a shopper. So like one of the most painful things here, besides the fact that your printer never works, is like, I need my money back, please. Because we have eyes on the goods... Because the merchant has that confidence and the the data availability that these goods are now back into our possession, we issue the refund. That's a really, really important thing. We do hundreds of thousands of NPS surveys and the average, like the 90 day trailing average is 93. And most people say it's because they get their money back right away, but also because it's really convenient to drop off goods locally. It's just much different than like having the thing rattle around the back of your trunk for two weeks, which is unfortunately what, what I always do. But essentially that second product that Happy Returns offers is a partnership with all of these local drop-off locations. I just thought that was such a, a great idea when I joined the company because it's like, duh, these stores want foot traffic, you know? And I think that's the incentive though, too. I think it's
1: just like partnering up with all of these, you know, either traditional, like mainstream retailers and then some smaller independents, like, you know, with more than 5,000 locations. I think it's interesting that the exchange can happen like, you know, by walking in with this stuff. I just like the fact you don't have to repackage it all up and look at the label. You literally could walk in with your QR code and the stuff like physically in your hands and just give it to them. And I know it goes into these certain totes, these reusable totes that you have that I don't know if it's an east and a west kind of primary kind of like hub locations or there's a central one now too. I'm not sure. But I know that these totes physically go back to these locations and then those totes are kind of reused. So I guess at some point when the tote gets full, then there's just one label attached onto that to go back to your distribution center. So just think of all the environmental savings that come along with that, not to mention, well, the environmental side would be, like you said, the diesel side of it, all the labor that goes along with it, the box and packaging. I think I think on the previous episode we had, I think he was talking about the physical amount of cardboard, the amount of trees that that are crushed and slaughtered almost every year just to make cardboard you know and it's so interesting that you have this opportunity now to not have to worry about that and finding tape and doing all these different things and just the convenience factor go back drop it off get your money back done or you know it can work online with your portal to do an instant exchange and that's interesting too
0: yeah i mean people love the idea of not having to pack stuff up imagine having to buy a box just to return it, you know, and you do like often when you return stuff through UPS, you have, you know, I don't know if you've done that with an Amazon order or, you know, with with others, but it just feels defeating and weird almost, you know, not to mention that you have to wait forever. Like you said it, I appreciate you kind of giving that plug. The idea is, you know, you aggregate it at the first mile. So outbound logistics is last mile. This is sort of aggregation at the first mile. When you give the goods to the person that's at the cost plus or the FedEx office, they put those goods into a reusable tote. And as you said, the tote gets shipped back every day to one of our regional hubs. And that's the third kind of pillar of the product that we've built. We've got a warehouse on the West Coast. We have one in the Midwest in Tennessee. I guess it's the South, sorry. And then we have one up in Pennsylvania where all of those goods are essentially aggregated. They're pulled apart. So imagine you've got all the Gymshark goods in one box and all the carbon 38 goods in another, and then all the Princess Polly goods in a third one, those get palletized and then shipped back to the manufacturer. So you get the second step of aggregation. And the environmental benefit you mentioned really is important. It's like, if you don't have to repack the stuff in a cardboard box, and if you can get 30 items in a box, i.e. the reusable tote, you know it's roughly 15 to 30 times less carbon than you would have if you sent them back onesie-twosie back to the warehouse. It's just you know sheer physics of moving goods in with density versus not. The corollary there is obviously the amount of fuel the labor and the touches that you have on the goods is also way lower per item so it drives the cost proportionally down as well when you want to ship stuff back And so as we see you know the cost of supply chain shipped really really quickly over the last 12, 18 24 months, brands are kind of scrambling to figure out, this used to be three to ten percent of my P l and all of a sudden now it's like 30 percent of my PNL, you know, not just the outbound shipping, but the reverse shipping. So let's jump to. we got to figure out a way to cut that down. you know we talked about what a beautiful return is for a merchant. Sure, it's one that doesn't happen at all. But like if you do the exchange, the goods are gonna have to go back to the warehouse somehow. I mean, it is 20 percent more expensive to do that in 2022 than it was in 2019 or excuse me, 2020, you know, so that it's just, it's getting away really quickly. So we believe that the beautiful part of the process there is not only is this a great customer experience, but also it is much more cost-effective to get goods back in aggregate. And there's other parties, there's other, you know, folks out there that do the same thing, but, you know, we think that the ability to actually scan the QR code and have the goods pull up on the screen is, is really special. Um, We think that that's something that helps de-risk from the brand standpoint, because there's a little bit of fraud check there. That's why PayPal decided to buy the business, because they saw just this really sort of novel approach to providing a great customer experience, but also providing scale that enables cost savings. You know, so interesting. I know you mentioned a few
1: notable brands out there. It's, I was in LA, this was pre-COVID, so probably in 2019, to visit one of my merchants. It's a very large fashion brand with four or five retail locations in, in the kind of the greater LA area. I'm in a massive online presence and hundreds of millions of dollars. And I went to go and look at their warehouse operations and talk about a few things. And what I noticed there, the, the significant part of their warehouse was their returns management section. We're talking, you know, like 40 foot trucks backing up, you know, every two days full. And then the amount of staffing and people to manage. And those are all individual boxes in this truck, completely full all the things that you were talking about. And it's just like, this is another great opportunity, I think, you know, and maybe after this recording, I'm going to nudge the new MSM on this account just saying, listen, like, you know, here's the opportunity. Like we had firsthand view of how crazy it is. And then not to mention returns management in general, when they get back is a whole, probably a separate conversation on another podcast, but the amount of work they had to go through to kind of refurbish or chuck it in the garbage or repackaging and all that like it's a significant undertaking in a whole major part of the warehouse with like literally there was like 30 people working there, unboxing, steaming, repackaging, figuring things all out. Like it's so interesting versus Is there not, opportunity? eventually I know the exchange has to happen. The product has to come back eventually, but it's so interesting. This is what is going on in their warehouse as far as managing their returns, but there's a large cost that probably doesn't go away. There is an exchange, but what does go away maybe is the reduced cost of getting the product back because it's gone through happy returns, through a return bar, you know, that customer experience that goes along with having to do that, going and dropping off locally, knowing the next product is on its way in new to you. I think that's all quite interesting to me overall from
0: a customer experience. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like operations are interesting. Building operational efficiencies is actually, it's fascinating. And I am not a logistics, I mean, like I I work in a reverse logistics company, but when you look at folks that actually design inbound, outbound process, you know, the actual mechanics of a warehouse, those folks are logistics people, you know, it is like rocket science especially when you start operating at a scale like you're talking about where there's multiple trailers showing up every day. And even though those fantastic operators have built systems to accommodate that much volume coming in and then going out, it's still almost always oriented around the outbound. You know why? Because outbound is revenue. When the item ships, you recognize the dollar. And what we need is revenue growth. So like, (laughs) you know, we're going to raise capital whatever. We're going to pay bonuses based on revenue, whatever it is. You know, not always. I mean, great operators, for sure, they have their inbound side of the house sorted out. However, I would say the data and the, the visibility of what's coming back is hard to get right, especially if you're kind of using an older shipping method. Like, I don't know, not necessarily older, but just USPS doesn't have the same sophistication as... I mean, I hate to draw the contrast there, but like with happy returns inbound model, there's a ton of data attached to every single unit that's coming in. We have visibility of it from the data of drop off to the data of when it's literally about to arrive at the warehouse. And so planning labor around that is actually really hard. It's really hard to figure out how many units are coming in. What is my average labor per unit to, at, like you said, you know, you're unpacking individual boxes and then you're having to like assess the quality of the goods inside of the box and determine if. They need to be processed, like, do they need to be lint rolled or do they need to be folded or tagged? You know, most of the time it all averages out, but that's tough. And so, you know, something that isn't quite as sexy as all the other stuff that we talked about earlier, which, you know, like the portal with exchanges and the great user experience and like the the drop-off experience and the aggregation, that's all great. Something a little less sexy, though, is receiving a pallet full of goods that are in individually QR code uh, stickered bags and like not having to take a box cutter and mangle this box and then locate the goods in like a an order management system or something it's all already for the most part it depends on the integration with the merchant but for the most part they already kind of know it's there and they scan it and it's good so like the operational efficiencies you know we get to work on are super interesting it's really interesting today's episode was brought to you by conversion fanatics
1: if you're doing seven or eight figures or more on your shopify store and you're not doing conversion optimization you're definitely leaving cash on the table now the team at conversion fanatics as i mentioned runs thousands of site experiments every year for clients like clorox burt's bees nbc sports and so many more They optimize your site so you can get a lot more customers, scale up your traffic faster and see a lot more profit and they make it easy and they handle everything. So go to conversionfanatics.com for a free site proposal and tell them e-commerce Fastlane sent you because as I said, traffic without conversions is sad. All right, go check them out. conversionfanatics.com You bring up a really good point because there is kind of the customer facing kind of portal side of the business and then making the exchange or return and then finding out where their closest return bar is, if if that's the part of the happy returns product that you're using. So I think you can turn on certain parts. You can choose to use the portal only and physically print a label and off you go. And that's no charge to use that portal solution based on having uh, PayPal Express or PayPal as a method of payment in your admin. And that's fine. I think that's interesting for some folks. And but, you know, to really level your brand up even further to have these return portals. So there's that or sorry, having the return bars available. But then on the other side is you make a good point. What's happening from the warehouse side of it? And I guess there's two different types of merchants that are listening today. There's those that have their own wholly owned warehouse and they do their own self-fulfillment. So maybe walk us through the two different scenarios of self-fulfilled return tote comes to my location like what typically is happening here and then what happens on larger brands that maybe or others that are using a 3pl that still work nicely with happy returns and like what's that return experience looking like at least from the warehouse perspective when a truck shows up with a happy returns tote like is there something they need to do like scan the tote and and you know what's in the tote and then do you scan the qr code so Walk us through if it's the same or different, wholly owned or 3PL.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the same process. As you can imagine, there's this really broad spectrum of requirements that warehouse operators have. And we use warehouse as a very broad term because we have customers that don't have warehouses. Like they have a garage, like a large garage, but still, it's not a super sophisticated setup. But in either case, you know, let's kind of think about the whole journey of a goods. You're getting visibility of item was checked in at the return bar. And the same goes if your item print was going through the mail. So all of our shoppers don't have to use the return bar. About 71% of them do over the last 90 days. But in either case, you have visibility through a dashboard that basically says, this is how many items are checked in the return bar. This is how many items are on their way back to you right now. And then you get an advanced shipping notice or PO, which is basically a file that says, Here is everything that's on its way to you. And this is the day it's expected to arrive. So if you're a large merchant or if you're, you know, working out of a garage, you're still getting those two things. Like you have visibility of what's coming back. For sure, on the larger side of the house, that advanced shipping notice is integrated. Like it's a human being isn't sitting there looking at a manifest being like, all right, today we got 37 items. It's all handed by computers. So like when the goods arrive, they are showing up in a box essentially has a manifest taped to the outside of it you know, it's a shrink wrap. If you are a smaller merchant, I don't believe we're actually sending pallets we're sending individual boxes. but if you are a much larger merchant that requires that has enough volume you're getting an entire pallet, if not an entire container of goods, usually not floor loaded usually, well, they're usually on pallets. So as you bust those open, imagine like it's Christmas and inside of like the box, <laughs> you know you have 30 different items. Each one of them is individually wrapped into just a poly bag with a QR code on it. Does that help you, Steve? I think that... Yeah, no, definitely. So then the physical return
1: experience then for like warehouse employees, the fact that this box is cracked open, inside potentially is 30 kind of poly bags with a QR code on it. So there was a, a physical process of physically scanning that QR code and something is happening on Happy Returns with it's connected to Shopify or their ERP system. And so there is some kind of a flow of inventory. Yes, this, we've now, we're have accepting, accepting, accepting. These products are now in our possession physically. And we agree that this. because I guess there has to be some checks and balances between, hey, all these return bars have now sent this tote to us. And so they're telling us it's this. And it sounds like, you know, there's just like a quick check and balance of like, I'm cracking this tote open. There's 30 in the box. Scan, 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 scan. Yes, it is correct. Now it's part of our inventory now. Does that kind of make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you go back to the the pain of visibility of your inventory and not knowing what day are we going to get a UPS shipment with 10,000 items in it. You know, that happens. And one of our customers who was brand new recently was like, you guys have no idea how convenient it is to know when all the stuff is about to show up. Because well, I'm literally on the phone. Well, not I, but you know, this person's you know team is on the phone with UPS every day, saying I need the truck to show up between 11 a.m. and two on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, so if they can't do that and everything shows up at once, like you literally have a traffic jam of 20 foot trailers outside of like the inbound dock. And you know what the inbound docks are really good at? They're good at checking in like finished goods, not returns. So there is really, really important data connectivity and visibility play there. You know, that's why as we kind of walk through, you know, normal process when we work with a new merchant is to look at sort of all the different impacted areas of the business. And, you know, we think about, okay, how much more revenue would you retain with your merch with these your shoppers? How much you know, is the cost savings relative to shipping through U- UPS or USPS or whatever FedEx rather than the return bars? And then, you know, what is the actual labor impact when you're back at the warehouse? Like, is it a 20 percent, you know, uh, reduction of time per unit? Is it a 5 percent? Maybe we could say it's zero and whatever you get is upside. But it's almost always something material. Almost always. So, yeah, it's like the, not the sexiest part of this whole picture, but it's really
1: important. Yeah, no, it's necessary part for sure. I want to pivot a bit to a story now because I think it's, uh, it's so interesting to me. I, in my opinion is that I really feel that a story really can educate or inspire people to take action because they kind of put themselves in kind of in that retailer's shoes and going, yeah. I could see how this could benefit me also, or those are the pains that they had. And I'm feeling those same pains, or I might be feeling those same pains, or I want to improve my customer experience post-purchase through a better exchange and return procedures and turn bar ideas. Very interesting. And so hopefully I don't put you on the spot here, but it'd be good to I mean, you mentioned a few different kind of notable customers that you have. So is there anyone in particular that kind of piquing your interest that you can maybe share with our listeners today? And maybe they didn't know about happy returns and then chose to implement it and kind of what happened after over a certain amount of months of using the platform.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite case studies, particularly with Shopify merchants, is Gymshark. You know, Gymshark's a very visible Shopify customer. If you read some of the Shopify 10K reports, Gymshark is in that short list. <laughs> you know, they can't, I think that for many reasons, you know, Shopify has really sh- shown a light on that partnership. And it's great story because they grew really fast over COVID. They have a really, really strong kind of like you know, product market fits sort of a general term, but the right price point with the right product lineup at the right time. And they've grown really fast in the United States. So for your listeners that aren't familiar with them, it's a British merchant. They sell sort of like athleisure gym clothes and they entered the United States in 2019, 20 ish. And they were, yeah, probably 2019, yeah, yeah, and you know, I think that my guess is the business has grown at least one or two x, maybe three, four, five. You know, It's it's grown a lot. And, you know, something they really struggled with because it's a British brand, I think they struggled with local movement of goods, of course, right? Like you have to have local operations that move things around efficiently and you need people that understand how that works really well that you could trust. And the actual consumer preference in the United States, it may or may not be different than the UK, but they did notice that, hey, if I can get 40% of my consumers to make an exchange with this really cool one-click exchange process that Happy Returns is offering, then we're going to retain millions and millions of dollars. So when they really dug into that and we we did some, you know, sort of like proof points around the attachment rate of exchange, it was just a fantastic moment where all of the stars sort of lined up where they said, wait, so we're gonna save how much money on shipping logistics? And the consumer is giving you guys a 93. And we're also going to be able to retain how much revenue? Like that was special. And because it's Gymshark, man, it's like one of the coolest brands come out of Shopify in a long time. And so our partnership with them, that means the world to us, since expanded into Europe. So now Gymshark is sort of like the anchor tenant of Happy Returns International Expansion Strategy, where we plan on bringing the same portal to all of the major Western markets. We've just launched that this year. Uh, If you are in the United Kingdom and you want to buy something on gymshark you can return it and you'll see what the flow looks like and i think that it's a pretty big difference from the old user experience and it's also operationally meant a lot in those countries so england france italy germany spain and some of the other mid markets of europe so that's been a great story and that team they're, 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 it's a great partner my guess is the reason why you know Shopify's fights click so well with the gymshark business is just the culture of their company is very partner oriented and they're very fair. I'm sure um, your listeners can relate to, you know, it being kind of difficult sometimes to work with large customers, but when it works well, man, it means the world for both parties. They both flourish quite a bit. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: I went to uk.gymshark.com just to kind of have a have a quick peek. I think there's ca. dot and there's the direct kind of gymshark.com is the main kind of US side of the business too, but in any case, I just clicked on make a return and it has a really nice experience where it just asks for order number or ID and ask for your postal or zip code and start your return. It appears to go through a very a multilingual, easy workflow here. I mean, I'm seeing like Dutch and English and kind of other languages and things that are available in the, they have it in Spanish and French and a few others. So I think they've been quite intentional in wanting to partner up with you folks because you know, you are multilingual, you are multi-currency, you're working anywhere in the world, and it's, it appears I haven't you know, I don't have an order number here to enter, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if the flow and the portal side um, is pretty slick and giving people opportunity to say, hey, you have this, we know what you have, which do you want to return or exchange today? And you must have go through a really neat process to be able to help people make the right decisions of sizing or color, or if it's a different, you know, let's say it's a gosh, I'm sure there's even brands where there's like flavor fatigue or it's the wrong Whatever. It's it maybe this is a consumable product, but you want to get something different. So interesting that you have that opportunity available all kind of like visually from within this portal. It's pretty neat how how you have it all put together here.
0: Thanks. Yeah. I mean <laughs> We spent a lot of time on that one. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> as you can imagine, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's really yeah. awesome.
1: Really, really, really is slick. I'd like, love to talk about the future of kind of happier returns because you know it's been a while since I've had uh, you folks on. Like I said, it's been a couple years. You know, and then there was the PayPal acquisition, and then there's been some iteration of the platform. I just wonder if you could maybe talk a little bit about where are we today? Obviously, offering the Shopify app for free for those portal people that are turning on a PayPal payments as as, an, as a method of payment. So I think that's pretty epic. But what other things are, is is there like a public roadmap or anything you can talk about? Kind of what's going to roll out in the next, you know, six months to a year?
0: Yeah, there are some public things and there's some not public things. (laughs) Of course, of course there are. (laughs) So let's start with the public things and then really quiet, hushed down and we'll talk about the private things because that's interesting too. So, you know, when we think back to like the original problems that we solve, convenience is what we want to compete on, right? We want to compete on the basis of making it really easy and a positive, beautiful experience for the shopper to make that return. And so what we think will move the needle the most in terms of offering more convenience is opening up more partner locations. You know, when you think about it from like a a business strategy standpoint, that's really different. You know, that's like a a very powerful moat around this business because it's hard to find 5,000 partners. You know, we hope that it's multiples of that even within the next six to 12 months. And it's hard to train them. And it's really hard to like get the whole machine to work correctly. And it'll take time for the rest of the market to kind of catch up there. But we think that by growing the number of locations for in-person returns, at least here in the States, we're able to continue to sort of like offer that really beautiful experience for both the shopper and help brands leverage that experience to retain customers and pull them back to their channel. The other really important strategic initiative that i just mentioned is expanding internationally. So we think that there are a ton of really great drop-off options in Western Europe, but we also think that what we've designed here is pretty special too because of aggregation and the economics of moving stuff around, you know, by batches of 30 rather than one to 1.8, right? So we expect to enter in a really big way into, United you know, kingdom and the other major markets of Europe here in the next, uh, actually we've already started, but you know, in a more meaningful way next year, you know, we've talked about some of the operational advantages or like the operational considerations when receiving goods and like having visibility of data and stuff like that. And a lot of that is a function of integration and ease of setup for, as you said, ERP systems order management systems and also the 3PLs themselves. And, you know, we think that if we're able to roll out more standardized integrations and what we're calling the um, preferred 3PL program, we can knock out a lot of the pain of getting set up in a relatively short amount of time. So, you know, just like any market, the 80% of the volume is kind of controlled by like 20% of the players in that Pareto curve. And so, you know, if we, if we figure out a way to have a really efficient data exchange, but also like operational flow and, you know, even have like the general economics understood by both parties. It just makes it a lot easier for the merchant to not have to worry about that side of the house. So integrations of partnerships are something that we're really leaning into. And then, you know, finally, like the hush-hush stuff that's really exciting <laughs> with PayPal, I wish I could explain more publicly. But you could imagine that as one of the largest payment services businesses in the entire world and having a really, really cool consumer-facing application, There will be some innovation around, you know, how do we use the app to make it easier for the shopper to at least see, you know, like what the status of the return is or to initiate and manage the returns so that there's more of a post-purchase functionality and utility to the the PayPal app as opposed to just a pre-purchase one. Oh, I see.
1: Okay. Well, I appreciate you just kind of dangling the carrot a bit, <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate that. I mean, that's really cool kind of where it is today and kind of where it's headed. And uh, it's just get the warm and fuzzies knowing that there's continued iteration. I, like, I knew that was going to be the case since with PayPal's acquisition of happy returns, that there's going to be obviously a significant new roadmap and access more, more engineering. I know there was a long onboarding process of getting involved in the PayPal organization, but it's exciting kind of where things are headed. And uh, I know there's other partnerships and things that have been aligned uh, along the way too with Happy Returns. So it's pretty cool kind of what you guys are working on and I'm excited for the future. I would like to, I guess, leave our listeners with I guess a few tidbits kind of before we wrap up for today. One is, where do you want to send people? I mean, it sounds pretty clear to me anyways and hopefully the listeners will feel the same way that if you don't have an effective post-purchase experience, it's, it's time to think about, is there an opportunity here to have one more than just a customer sending you an email or working through live chat, try to manually take care of people through email. You know, getting a returns portal set up, I think, is kind of table stakes now. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, where do you want to send people and kind of what are you hoping kind of the next steps are for those that want to, I guess, kick the tires a bit with happy returns?
0: A great next step is to have a conversation Love talking to merchants about all these different challenges. And the good news is we've done a lot of times and we generally know sort of how to diagnose those problems pretty quickly. And usually the findings are pretty compelling There's a way to work together. But for most of your listeners who are Shopify merchants, check out the free app that's on the Shopify app store. Um, again, you know, we're, we're Shopify Plus certified app publishers. So that's a great first step. There's no cost. Again, if you are a PayPal checkout merchant, a really easy resource is our website, happyreturns.com. Um, if you look at the blog, there's a lot of best practice and a lot of free content that kind of helps you figure out what sort of like the optimal returns experience would be because, you know, some folks are worried about making returns too easy, but there's a conversation there that's really important to kind of think through. So, you know, whenever in doubt, fill out the form on uh, It says there's a little button that says, let's talk. We'll be back to you. It's- within an hour or so and we can set up conversation yeah. and um yeah these days it's pretty easy to get a of
1: us. so i'd argue too that you have a lot of really cool uh, case studies i've shared a lot of those internally and even with merchants and stuff like that and so even a shoe brand that i manage anymore but i i'm certainly a customer is uh, carryuma beautiful running shoes and stuff like that and they i know they're using uh, your solution so there really is some really cool case studies um so i'd you know, I recommend people, I'll put these in the show notes so people have access to these, these case studies, it's a really good explainer video you have too, which I'll also put on the show notes just to kind of overall, it's a nice, a nice three or four minute walkthrough with, with the CTO and kind of how things work. It's pretty neat. I watched that whole video. It's like, wow, okay. it's really neat how everything works. And so it's really, really, really well done. I'd also, I want to remind people too about the fact that, yeah, with that app, I mean, you really are saving quite a bit of money. I mean, I think, I think you're charging upwards of $500 a month for the portal option. It's like, oh, that's $6,000 just in SaaS fees alone you're saving to get a great returns experience. And then I think it opens up the dialogue a bit about, well, hey, is there the return bar opportunity? Is that something that could fit with your brand? I think that's where the conversation starts opening up with you guys, because if you're giving away the SaaS product for free based on uh, PayPal payments as a, a method of payment, then I'm sure it opening up the doors of conversation. Well, based on the number of returns you're doing and I mean, I'm sure this is part of your lead pipeline, too, to saying, hey, wait a second here. Is there opportunity to have even a better customer experience by having return bars available to people using the portal option? So,
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, the case studies are very useful. And if, you know, the uh, situation is correct, we're happy to introduce our anybody that would like to talk to our customers about, you know, things that they've learned. Sometimes that's really, really useful, you know, and usually our customers are pretty happy to do that. It's just, you know. Not during peak holiday exactly. season. That's all. All right. <laughs> Got to kind of focus on making money.
1: Well, this is great, Mike. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. And I know you know this, you know, Shopify really is on a mission to make commerce better for everyone. And I probably I'd also add maybe to build a path that leads to more entrepreneurship, more independent retail. And and for me, it just you seem like the Happy Returns product, you really are in tight alignment with really wanting to help brands to improve efficiencies and you know, definitely through a, a more robust or incredible kind of a post purchase returns or exchange process, I think. And having these return bars is another option. I think it's quite interesting. So I just wanted to thank Thank you for getting on the show today and sharing kind of the the next iteration of happy returns and kind of where it's headed uh, into the future i'll update all the show notes and all the details will be there ready to go for people to try everything out but i just want to thank you for for taking time today and
0: and sharing this great opportunity yeah thank you the feeling is absolutely mutual Steve. i appreciate it have yourself a great day cheers
1: well that's it for today's episode i'd like to thank you personally for being a loyal listener of e-commerce fastlane It's my hope that this podcast is offering you a ton of value through growth strategies, tactics, and exclusive insider tips on the best Shopify apps and marketing platforms. All with my personal goal to help you build, manage, grow, and scale a successful and thriving company powered by Shopify. Thanks for investing some time today and listening to the show. I'm so proud and excited that you have a growth mindset and are a constant learner. I truly appreciate you and your entrepreneurial journey. Enjoy the rest of the week and keep thriving with Shopify.